This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 465 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, anhydrosis, what it is and how to deal with it, from Christy West, Dr. Jones, and thehorse.com. This tip is an excerpt from episode 178 of the Horses in the Morning Show. But first, a word from our sponsor for Kentucky Performance Products. Has your horse become cranky and sullen? Is his coat losing that healthy bloom? Is he prone to colic or not cleaning up his feed? These are symptoms of stomach irritation and ulcers. Nalox, the original equine antacid, is the product of choice for preventing ulcers from derailing your horse. Its unique formula buffers excess acid for up to six hours while it coats and protects the sensitive stomach and stimulates appetite and improves attitude. And Nalox equine antacid is available in a palatable pellet that's easy to feed and horses accept it readily. Not every horse needs a supplement, but when they do, turn to Kentucky Performance Products to provide affordable, effective, research-proven supplements that work. It's that simple. Now, enjoy today's tip. Tell us a little bit about anhydrosis, heat stress, um, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, my experience with anhydrosis um, and we'll let you guys tell what it is, is there was a girl in my boarding facility whose horse wouldn't sweat. Um, so this was 20 years ago, and she would have to get off and have a bucket of ice when she was riding in the summer. Ice the horse down, sweat scrape him, get back on and keep riding. Now, I think there's better ways to treat it now, and we're just going to let you guys tell us about it. All right, well, thanks a bunch for letting us on and to talk about it as usual. Um, I, I definitely don't have anhydrosis. I wish I did sometimes. But uh, it, is, it is something that affects a few horses. I don't know that it's super common, but if your horse isn't sweating properly, then obviously he's running risk for a lot of health issues due to overheating. And, Erin, uh, can you tell us a little bit about just what the condition is? Yeah, an anhydrosis, there is no sweating. This is exactly what Jamie said and what Christy has stated. And with this no sweating, it rises their core temperature because that's the way that they release heat as well as breathing. So if you're not sweating in this hot and humid weather or just plain hot as in Arizona is, there is going to be a problem with core temperatures going up the horses and then not being able to come back to normal temperature that affects the vital organs. And what do you tend to see with these horses other than the obvious? They're not sweating or they're sweating in kind of a patchy way or not in a way you'd expect, maybe not sweating under the saddle pad. Anything else you might see? Absolutely, and it can come on suddenly. It's not gradual. It can come on suddenly. One day they're sweating fine, the next day they're not. You really have to pay attention to it. The other thing you see them doing is panting. They're huffing and puffing. They're not panting like a dog with their tongue out, but they are huffing and puffing. It's like they can't capture enough air to breathe, and it's not that. They're just trying to blow heat off through the respiratory tract. That's another way of getting, getting rid of heat. And um, I've had some very dark-colored horses here in Florida with no shade, standing in the middle of pasture, just breathing very hard. And um, those horses, one could be, you know, one diagnosis could be uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or heaves on these horses, but the other could possibly be they're not sweating. 
How common is this? I mean, how, how often do you see it in Florida? I see it very often, and I'm not sure about Arizona. I would assume in Arizona they see it just as often. A lot of people say it's because the horses move from up north down here, they don't adjust, but I've seen it in horses who've lived in Florida all their life, and it will just kick in one summer, and then the next summer they'll be fine. So for whatever reason, we don't know why yet, uh, they're shutting down in their ability to thermoregulate and cool off. It's very, very important that people pay attention to the sweat patterns under their saddle pads and just in their daily lunging work or, or regular work is that they are sweating under the mane, uh, between the legs and the hind end, things like that, that uh, give them clues that they're sweating appropriately. You can also take the temperature if you'd like. It's always going to be raised after work, but how significantly raised is it? Is it more than it normally is? Did you do a harder work today? Is it more humid, more hot today, less wind blowing, that kind of thing. So that's, that begs the question, then, is there a potential that, like, say the horse isn't sweating outright. You're working the horse, and they're not sweating on their neck. They're not sweating between their back legs. Is it possible to not sweat there and still sweat underneath the saddle pad because of the contact, or no? It'd be no sweating. Well, I would, I would take that as a clue that they're starting to shut down. If they've got sweat under the saddle pad but not under the mane or between the legs, I take that as a clue to the possibility that your horse may be starting to have some problems. It's better to jump on these horses early than to wait until they're completely shut down. So gotcha. keep an eye on that. The, the uh, young lady you spoke about that got off, I scrapped the horse, got back on. What a fantastic owner she is. She's managing it well. The other thing she could have done is she could have picked a cooler time of day to ride. Maybe that was a cooler time of day. Maybe she was riding at 5 in the morning or at 8 p.m. at night. Uh, so it just depends. Uh, doing the ice bath, and you have to remember you need to sweat scrape off that water. The water will lay on top of the hair and insulate them, become warm itself because they're still trying to get rid of the heat, and now it's become an insulating wetsuit, basically. Pardon the pun. And, yeah, exactly, and I think that is, I'm sorry to jump in here, Christy, but I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves is that people don't understand how important scraping, sweat scraping your horse is because they don't understand that all that water that sits on them is not cooling them off only for the first maybe 30 seconds, but their body temperature that's radiating out of their skin heats up that water. So it's like having a big, warm, wet blanket on that, that you know, is not alleviating temperature and actually can make them hotter. So it is incredibly important to sweat scrape your horse. And I know that for some of our listeners that may sound very basic, but it's definitely very important and everybody needs to know why. You know, run your hands down their legs, squeegee that water off of their legs. Don't insulate the heat into their tendons, uh, just that kind of stuff. Sorry, that's my soapbox. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no, I'm with great. you on that one, too. I'm with you on that one, too, Janie, and the fact that it uh, always bothers me when I see people give them a bath and then they walk them off the wash rack and don't even take their hands to wipe off the excess water. I know. Me, too. It is. And, and, you, and you realize, too, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in southeast Georgia, and we, we had a bunch of trail horses that we'd take out every, every day, and we'd get back at the end of the day, and they were always, you know, dripping and nasty, and so we'd take a hose to all of them, and what we'd usually do is have one person holding those, you know, 10 or 12 horses, go around, hose them all off, and then go around and sweat scrape them all, and if, of course, if somebody had snagged the sweat scraper and hidden it, you're just doing this with your hands and just be how hot the water is coming off of them after you just run around that circle. I mean, you, if that water is that hot coming off of them, you know you're doing a good thing getting it off. So. Absolutely. And the other comment I want to make, too, is the ice bath. There is no problem with covering a horse head to toe with 
ice water. There is no tying up incidences. There is no counter effects doing that to a horse. That is an absolutely fabulous thing to do to an overheated horse. And maybe throw in some alcohol, too, potentially? Oh, rubbing alcohol is great. It's just a little costly. A bag of ice is a little cheaper than uh, a whole bunch of rubbing alcohol. But either one will work great. And the rubbing alcohol, you don't have to scrape off. That evaporates, so that works well. Good. Cool. Now, Erin, you mentioned a little bit ago that you know, keeping an eye on your horse's sweat pattern so that you can catch it early. Um, what, when you catch it early, what exactly are you doing to try and counteract this, this condition? It's really management, and I hate to tell you, Jamie, but we really don't have a good treatment protocol yet for this disease because we quite don't understand why the sweat glands shut down. Again, we've always made comments, oh, the warm blood's up north, come down to Florida, and they shut down. And we do see that in their first summer, maybe their second summer, but we do see it on, on local horses as well and can't figure out why are they shutting down. They've been here all their life. So the um, University of Florida is actually studying uh, cases on it right now to kind of understand the disease. But there are some things you can do to manage it. Again, when you start seeing that sweat pattern decreasing or minimizing, pick the cooler times of day to ride. Get your horse wet or hot up with a soak down with ice bath after you ride when they're hot. Uh, the few horses that I have in my practice actually are hot standing in their stall. So maybe turn them out if you have a nice shaded area. If you don't, you may have to consider planting trees or putting up a, a shed for your horse if they have an area they can sit under. I even actually had an old cowboy put up a misting solution to his horse's problem. And he ran a irrigation line up and around his run-in shed, and the mister would go off at the hot time of the day, and the horses would stand there and get misted all day, just like you would in My horses... My horses get that every day in this God-forsaken 115 degrees. That is the one saving grace, I think, is to have the misting system run up and underneath the stalls. And, you know, it's not that expensive to, to, to run, you know, a thin stream of water like that. It's, it's not too bad. It's worth it. No, it's like adding it to your irrigation lines, and you can actually, this guy handmade it himself. He poked holes into his irrigation lines and ran around the frame of the run-in shed. And uh, it just popped out mist when uh, he ran the line, the water through there. It was a fantastic uh, move that he did for his two horses. Well, he's probably smarter than me. I just, I, I just went to Lowe's and bought one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got fans is the other thing at the hottest time of the day. Um, doing the bath, you might have to do a couple baths throughout the day if you have a dark horse, no shade, um, a shed that has no electricity to run a fan to it, you might actually have to take that horse out and bathe them down two or three times a day just to get them cooled off. And I do have a client that has to do that. She has no co no covering at all on her outside paddocks. Um, it's a leased spot that she has no control over adding trees or adding lean tos And the stall barn slash area has no electricity for her to put a fan up. So she's out there two and three times between 1 o'clock and 6 p.m. bathing off the horse with ice or very cold water. Now, there's a few products that are out there in the market I think that some people have probably been using and seeing. Um, one that we use most popularly is called 1AC, and I always tell people it's better that the horse is sweating to start them on that than to wait till they completely shut down. We don't have any scientific proof that that works 100%, but it seems clinically that it seems to help those horses that are starting to shut down to help continue to perspire a little bit, if not more. The other options we have are acupuncture. Those seem to work. They don't profusely sweat when you use the acupuncture sites, and it's usually three treatments, maybe five treatments. 
but they do start to perspire a little bit. Acupuncture is like the saving grace for everything, I swear. I've got to try it. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, if you are closer to Florida, I'm going to do a little plug for the University of Florida. They are accepting horses um, that are in any treatment uh, for this anhydrosis, and they got to be two years old or more. They need to, of course, have anhydrosis diagnosed. And you can look into it a little bit more at the um, website they have called uh, what's vetmed.ufl.edu. So that's V-E-T-M-E-D, vetmed.ufl from University of Florida.edu. And there's a coordinator um, who's taking emails. His name is Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W-J, at ufl.edu. And he will... Um, screen your horse, I suppose, via email and let you know if your horse is a candidate or not. And they're trying to follow up with these horses with either treatments or acupuncture to see which prog which one works and which one has better progress. Cool. Perfect. Thank you very much for giving that information. I hope they can learn a little bit more about the disease and come up with something. I hope I didn't say it too fast, but I just want to make sure I got it in there. No, so one more question. So the the one AC, we've all seen the little container one AC. Uh, my girlfriend is an older horse that became uh, uh, came down with anhydrosis as he got older. I mean, he's thirty three now, and he's been dealing with it for about four years. Well, he um he's on the one AC, and can you buy that over the counter? Do you have to get it from your vet? Where do you find it? Absolutely, over the counter, and it has instructions on the side for different breeds. So certain breeds will have one scoop a day, certain breeds will have two scoops a day. You just read the side, and it's pretty easy to follow. They even have it for ponies on the side. Um, but you can order it online, I believe. You can get it at your feed stores. Uh, we don't carry it in our in our vet trucks because it's just one more thing that, that uh, would fill up yeah. our vet trucks. We just tell our, our clients to go to the local feed store and get it um, to start the horses on it before they completely shut down. Again, we don't have any scientific proof that it works perfectly and every single time, but it seems to work clinically on a lot of horses. Better than nothing. Well, it's better than the old method, which do you, do either one of you know what the old method is? Uh, no. no. What is it? I don't, do we oh, want to know? Oh, Glenn? Glenn, you don't know what the old method is? Do we want to know? Dark, dark beer. Oh, that works. Eat your <laughs> yeah, feed your horse dark beer. <laughs> I think that yeah, works anyway. <laughs> what can it hurt? You know? If nothing else, the horse is just happier. Well, there you go. Happy horses and dark beer. That's a tip for you. Thanks, everyone over there at the Horses in the Morning Show for providing us with that tip. To listen to all the Horse.com's Horses in the Morning tips, just go over to horsetipdaily.com and go to the Experts drop-down menu on the left. You can also get loads of great horse health information by just going to thehorse.com. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook and let us know what you think of the tips that you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics that you'd like us to cover. You can subscribe to the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 